Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. I just wanted to start off by saying thank you so much for giving me your eyes and your ears and your time um, while I bring the message to you over the next 20 minutes or so. And I also wanted to say thank you to the pastoral team for giving me the opportunity to share. And most importantly, I want to say thank you to God for giving me the words to share with you this morning. Um, Originally, when I was asked to preach, my mind began to wander about all of the possible things that I could share with you about this morning. And the word or the phrase that God kept bringing to me was the power of prayer. And I was asked quite a few weeks ago to share. So for a long time, I shied away from this this phrase of the power of prayer. And I kept giving alternative suggestions to God, like, how about this one, God? Or how about that one? But he knew exactly what he wanted me to speak on today. And there was no changing his mind. So here I am sharing on the power of prayer. Uh, But I asked myself, why did I shy away from this topic It's not because I don't think it's a really important topic to cover, but I think I feel really unqualified or I was feeling really unqualified to share with you about it. So today I'm kind of bringing this message of a posture of learning alongside you and um, going on this journey. So it's really interesting. Murray and I last year, we went to the Sports Chaplaincy Australia training, which was awesome. Um, But during one of the sessions, we were all asked to kind of think about each of our gifting and different areas of strength that we would consider we have. And at one point, the facilitator, Steve, asked us to raise our hand if we would consider ourselves a prayer warrior. And I didn't. And I was quite surprised as I looked around the room that there wasn't a huge amount of people that raised their hand. And I just want to say right now, good on you, to the ones that did raise their hand and did claim that title for themselves. But it really stuck with me. Why didn't I consider myself a prayer warrior? I really love praying, albeit I find it quite challenging at times. But I often pray, and if I tell people that I'm going to pray for them, I do, and I make sure I do. There's, There's no platitudes with me in that department but I still didn't raise my hand. So what changes me from just being a praying woman to a prayer warrior? Well, perhaps it's that there's some moments that I forget to pray or I forget to pray before something. Perhaps it's that when I do pray, I don't feel eloquent. Or perhaps it's that when I pray, I don't speak in tongues. Or maybe it's because when I prayed in 2018 for my sick mum, I prayed fervently, but she still died. There are so many things that go on in our own internal monologues that make us think that we are not the prayer warriors that we are or that we should be. So what I want to do today is I want to have a look at some verses and I want to have a look at some ideas and pull them apart so that we can empower ourselves as as the prayer warriors that we are. And I want to begin by doing a little quiz. I've been a bit inspired by Steve, but I'm not going to do this publicly. So I just want you to think in your head for a minute. Do you consider yourself a prayer warrior? 
Okay, now I'm going to be a little bit cheeky because I said I wasn't going to make you raise your hand. But if you could be so bold, would you mind raising your hand if you would consider yourself a prayer warrior? Awesome. Great. And this one's a different question. But again, if you could be so bold, did anybody have a different answer that they had in private to what they publicly declared? Yeah. Okay, cool. Interesting. I just want you to hold on to any thoughts that you had in your mind when I asked you to put up your hand or asked you to think about it and just keep them with you as we begin to unpack the message today. So, recently I've been reading some devotionals by Nicky Gumbel and he shared one recently on three different suggestions on how we can pray um, how we can pray, basically. So we're going to go through some of those to start off our sermon today. And his first point about how we should be praying is to keep it quiet. So up on the screens, we're going to have the passage Matthew 6, 6 come up, which says, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. I find this quite an interesting passage because as Christians we're called to be in community and part of being in community involves praying together and praying for each other. But then we're told to pray in quiet and then God will reward you. I think what we're being taught here is that if we only ever pray in a group, in group situations where people are looking, we aren't going to grow and develop our relationship with God. I think what we are being taught here is that we need more intimacy in our prayer life. So I just wanted to compare this to my relationship with my husband Murray, right? Would I think that there's anything wrong if Murray and I sometimes had to converse in public? No, of course not. I mean, we all do it. But would I think that there's something wrong if Murray and I only ever had conversations in public? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think we hold ourselves to the same account with God. I think what we're being encouraged to do in this passage is to find the quiet moments to really get to know God and to deepen our relationship with him. Quiet the noise, quiet the pretense, and allow yourself to get to know him in a new way. And I just also want to add, if this is something new for you, or if you haven't had the opportunity to speak to God alone and in private for a while, and you don't know where to begin, I just want to encourage you to just sit with him and to just tell him that you feel awkward. He won't condemn you for that. He will reward you because he says he will in Matthew 6, 6. And that'll be the first step that you need to breaking down those barriers and getting to know him a bit better. So, Nicky Gumbel leads us on to a second point, which is to keep it honest. He actually uses the same passage for this one, but we're going to read from the message version this time. So, Matthew 6, 6. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to find a, uh, sorry, find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as honestly as you can manage. And the focus will begin to shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. Reading this made me think of the year my mum got sick. 
we had a wonderful chaplain at the place that I was working at the time. He's actually a man Murray and I have had a really long relationship with and he married us. But one day I needed to have a meeting with him about something work related. And then at the end of the meeting, I was able to share with him a little bit about what was going on for me at the time and that I was really struggling with my mum being sick. And I think being the wonderful chaplain that he was, he asked me, well, how's your walk with Jesus going? And well, I said to him I was really struggling. I was struggling because I felt like I didn't have anything to be grateful for. I felt like I didn't have anything nice to say. And to be perfectly frank, I was angry. And I thought that if I hid my anger from him, that it would save my relationship with Jesus. But it was actually doing the total opposite. It had been such a long time since I'd spent proper time with Jesus. And I was trying to go on everything with my own strength and I was flailing. So my wonderful chaplain said, well, why don't you just start there? Why don't you tell him that you're angry? And I literally sat there and I went, can I do that? And he said, of course you can. And I think that that was, looking back, one of the main reasons why I still have my faith today. Because very early on in that year when my mum got sick, and she only lived for about eight months after her diagnosis, I learnt to run exactly as I was into the arms of the father. In that situation, I didn't have much in me to be able to meet the father with any kind of pretense. It was either here I am with all of me or here I am with none of me. And learning very early on in that year that I could just be my full broken self with God was utterly transformative. So I want to encourage you just to meet with God with whatever you're feeling right now. Whether it's apathy, whether it's boredom, whether it is anger or whether it's delight, just be with him and just tell him what you're feeling and you will grow closer because of it. So Nikki Gumbel gives us a third point. He says to keep it simple. He references Matthew 17 in the message version again, which says, the world is so full of is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They are full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques, uh, forgetting what you want for God, from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with and he knows you better than you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. So I find this verse a little bit interesting because here I am giving you some thoughts on how to be a prayer warrior. But what I think we can be really encouraged by with this verse is that there's no one size fits all approach for us. And basically we just need to speak with God and we can just simplify everything. But if we are gonna unpack this idea a little bit further, I think we can learn that sometimes when we're praying, we can fall into the trap of all talk and no listen. And that one, this one, very much applies to me too. And I'm encouraged by this point because prayer is very much a conversation and we don't need to feel like we're carrying the load because Jesus can do that for us. 
So I just want to encourage you alongside me to find more simplicity in your prayer life and more space to just listen to the Father. It's interesting because I have started to try and incorporate a little bit more listening into my prayer life and what I noticed was that God started to very gently rebuke me and nudge me in new directions. And I don't know if you're anything like me, but I don't usually handle a rebuke that well. Murray can attest to this. Usually involves a lot of conversation and a lot of unpacking and debriefing. But there's nothing like being rebuked by the Father after spending time in prayer with him. I often feel, and it's not always, but often I feel like, oh, yeah, of course. Yep, yep, that makes a lot of sense. And that's because I've spent my time having my heart changed first. So again, we just need to remember it's not about getting what you want every time in prayer, but just about being in relationship. So I'm just going to have a sip of water because my mouth's getting dry. So that's the three points that um, Nikki Gumbel gives us to support our prayer life. And what I want to do now is look at a passage of scripture and unpack that a little bit further and see how these are applied to that situation and also how we can apply them to our real world situations. So we're going to look at the moment where God wrestles with Jacob in Genesis 32. We're going to start in... Oh, sorry, Genesis chapter 32, we're going to start in verse 9. So if you just want to read alongside me. O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the faithfulness you have shown your servant. I only had my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now... I have become two camps. So Jacob comes before the Lord and he begins with praise and acknowledgement of the blessings and answered prayers that God has bestowed upon him before he goes on and asks of the Lord. He's taking a moment to posture his heart with thanksgiving and to remind himself of the power of the Lord before he asks of the Lord. This is really important for us to learn from. I think so often we come to the Lord with a quick request and we don't take the time to just step back and bask in the goodness of God first. The goodness that we see in his word and that we also see in our own life. So then Jacob goes on and he places this request before God and he does it really simply. Reading in verse 11 says, Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me and also the mothers with their children. He doesn't add any fluff to this part of the prayer because he doesn't need to. He already knows the goodness of God. He's already seen blessing and favour and answered prayers. And he's talking with the Lord privately, as we looked at before, and he puts his request before him earnestly and simply. But then he goes back on again and he reminds himself and he thanks the Lord for all the provision that he's already been shown. In verse 12 it says, But you who have said, I will surely make you prosper and make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. So I just want to read that all together 
And I want us to take note of the bookends in this prayer of praise and thanksgiving with the really simple request in the middle. Reading along, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. I only had my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two camps. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me and also the mothers with their children. But you have said, surely I will make you prosper and I will make your descendants like the sand of the sea which cannot be counted. So that's the start of Jacob's prayers within this chapter. And then things start to get a little more unusual. So that evening, Jacob sends off all of his camps, all of his possessions, his wives, his children, to cross the fort of the Jabbok. And then reading along with me, in verse 24, it says, So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. The man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, you will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and you have overcome. But Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? And then he blessed him there. So Jacob called this place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. Now, this is a lot to unpack and we're only just going to skim the surface today. But what we know in this passage is that the man is God. And we know that because Jacob and God both say so. What's really interesting is that the man, or God, waits until Jacob is alone before he comes to wrestle with him. So this is confirmation that God really values it when we come to pray with him alone. God and Jacob wrestle for hours until daybreak and God decides that enough is enough and he wants to draw the wrestling match to a close. So he wrenches Jacob's hip and he's physically ailed. It's at this point that Jacob says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Then God asks, well, what is your name? But he already knows that. Jacob, he says. And God uses this to lead into Jacob's affirmation and blessing. Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and you have overcome. So he's also identifying himself as God in this moment and he's saying you are overcoming your struggles. You will overcome your struggles. Is this not a powerful testimony for God wanting us to wrestle with him, wanting us to plead with him, wanting us to be in deep relationship with him? He already knows the desires of our heart, but it's through our back and forth, through our wrestling with him, that we get to know his heart too. This is the key, our relationship with him, us knowing him intimately. This deep understanding informs our outpouring and therefore our impact for the kingdom. It transforms our heart into a posture of confidence and authority, which is critical when you're working for the kingdom. So how do we know that this intimacy is important? Well, 
because Jacob had already prayed during the day. He'd already affirmed the blessings that God had bestowed upon him in the past and proclaimed the promise for the future. But that was not enough because God sought him out. God came to him that evening and wrestled with him for hours because God wanted all of Jacob and not just some. And God wants this with you too. He has an incredible abundance and overflowing of favour and blessings to offer you. But he wants your heart in return. He doesn't just want to hear the concerns of your heart, the desires of your heart and your praise once and then full stop. He wants to know you. He wants to know your concerns. He wants to know the desires of your heart. And in order for this to be possible, you desperately need to go deeper with him. Once is not enough. In public is not enough. Surface level is not enough. I really hope this empowers you because you already are a prayer warrior. Being a prayer warrior doesn't just mean speaking in tongues and having visions. It doesn't just mean standing up in front of a church and speaking with passion. It doesn't just mean seeing sicknesses healed. It also means sitting alone in the quiet and placing a simple request before God. For example, please help. Please heal this sickness. Thank you. We have been given the authority to do so much in prayer. Matthew 10.1 says that Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave, him the, gave them the authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. But we are also a disciple. We, are all, we have also been given that level of, of authority. But what we need to remember is that Jesus is the key. He hears all our prayers first and takes them in perfect form before the, before the Lord. He literally, Jesus, our perfect saviour, wears the burden of presenting our requests before the Father in perfect form. There's no amount of eloquence needed. So I just want you to take a moment to think back to the story of Jacob wrestling. Who does it say he was wrestling with? Well, in one moment it says God, but in another moment it says the man. This story is talking about Jesus, our perfect saviour. Jesus came to wrestle with Jacob. So next time you're alone telling God you feel awkward or angry or you don't know where to begin, feel comforted and empowered knowing that Jesus is right there with you. He is going to scoop up your words, your thoughts and your feelings, and he's going to present them as holy and blameless to the Father. Church, I hope you feel encouraged by this, because when you accept Jesus into your heart and you call yourself a believer, you're literally giving yourself the status of prayer warrior. And we are given the title of warrior because we are in a battle, a battle in the spiritual realms and also in this world, there is so much to do, but there is absolutely nothing to be afraid of because we have Jesus who is on our side and a father who, has, who absolutely adores us and is full of blessing and favour for us. 
So I just want to revisit our quiz from earlier and I really encourage you to do this boldly. Who would like to claim the title of prayer warrior, which is on offer for all of us? Who wants greater intimacy with Jesus in the Father? Who wants to see sicknesses and diseases healed? Who wants to see Jesus heaven on earth? Let's claim it. Church, join me as we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lord Jesus, I really feel your spirit moving in this place. God, you are calling us to wrestle with you. You are calling us to wake up and to not be complacent, to not think that close enough is good enough. God Almighty, I invite you here this morning to stir within the hearts of us all. Call us into deeper relationship and rain your immeasurable blessings on us. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.